Today on Lockdown Red Wings, Moritz Sider registers four points as the Red Wings snap their three-game losing streak in a horribly fun game against the Winnipeg Jets. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for the Daily J, WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty is a freelance journalist for the Detroit News, as well as the host of Lockdown Tigers. And whoo, that was a messy game that happened last night, Scotty. 7-5 victory over the Winnipeg Jets. Big win, gross win. I'm <sighs> excited. I'm disgusted. I, I, I got so many mixed feelings on that one. And of course, I mean, I don't even know where to start, but the, the big thing that jumps out to me when I look at the statistics of this game is ironically, because what was the one thing we were saying in the, this three game losing streak is that something's got to give either their expected goal score percentage their 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 five on five play was going to just fall off or they were going to break through and score goals. Well, both of those things happened in this game. (laughs) Their five-on-five play completely fell off, and they were dominated. But they scored seven goals on the Winnipeg Jets. And, I mean, Moritz Sider had four assists. There's just so much to go over with this game, Scotty, that I'm not really sure where the best place to begin is. I I don't know if I know the answer to that either. Um, I I think... Well, why don't we start with Bert? Because this was first game back. Sure. Yeah, we can start with Bert. So Bertuzzi, obviously, like you've just stated, it was his first game back. He ended up registering a total of, let me check here, time on the ice for him. Uh, 17 minutes, 48 seconds. He played on the top line with Lucas Raymond and Dylan Larkin. Um, yeah, he was the only player on the Red Wings to register a Corsi 4 percentage of above 50. Like that. He was he he was back like he he doesn't even care about like getting hurt again like no point you gotta love it but no points but he was digging yeah man i mean he he almost got hit again like Mm -hmm. well he did get hit by a shot but it was almost in the hand again and uh i I mean he just he's always like stomach on the ice just like always like he's always jumping after a puck or trying to poke something or you gotta love him but uh, yeah, golly. I mean, he, he was definitely back and, and up to his his usual play style, that is for sure, which is great. I mean, he looked good, I thought. I, I thought he had a nice, solid game, but uh, the production kind of was everywhere around him. Uh, yeah. But but nice to see him back and nice to see him just get through a game healthy while still playing the, the way that he usually plays, I guess. Well, let me put it th- to you this way. So this is a game the Red Wings got. Let me let me. For context, the Red Wings were heavily outshot in this game despite winning 7-5. to five. They registered 22 shots on Connor Hellebuck, um, and the Jets had 37 shots on Billy Husso. You ended up, I think after the first period, you had the edge in shots 8-7, to seven, and at the end of the second, it was like 21-13. to 13. From the end of the first period, honestly, after your third goal in the first period onwards, it was all Winnipeg Jets the whole way through. At the end of the game... 
The Winnipeg Jets had a Corsi 4% share of 67.33% and a expected goals 4 of 69.51%. They had a near 70% share of the shot attempts and quality shot attempts in the game. And then if you were just, and that's at even strength. And if you just go shots for percentage at even strength, it was 65%. So just pure pucks that made it to the net. They had 65% share at even strength. They were the better team in this game. Yeah. But the Red Wings did a great job of doing one thing that we have been critical of them over this stretch is not capitalizing on their opportunities. Now, granted, and it is expected or important to note this, but Connor Hellebuck had a bad game. I mean, it's kind of ironic, too, because it feels like everything we said yesterday, the opposite happened, you know, in hockey, regards hockey to like, does as hockey, hockey does. Hockey does as hockey does, yeah, right? Connor Hellebuck, 928 save percentage coming into this game. Second best goal saved above expected uh, in the league, according to Evolving Hockey. Allowed six goals on 22 shots. Six goals on 22. He had a save percentage of 750 in this game. What was game. his goals above expected? His like goal saved above four? expected was negative four and a half. <laughs> he was like second in the league going into the yeah. game. Vili Huso. Negative four. Vili Huso, for instance, was a negative 0.95. He, he was, wasn't the best, but he was the better goalie in this one. For sure. Um, but, I mean, offensive explosion. I mean, we both took the under. Again, just continuing the trend. Of everything we said yesterday, the opposite happened, which hockey does that. Um, But we took the under and Red Wings scored seven goals and production came from, and that was the really exciting fun part of this game is production came from everywhere on the ice and from players you want to see it. I think did all four team, all four lines score a goal in this game? Uh, Yeah. Let me double check on that one. Um, Well, yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, Robbie Fabry scored, and he right. so his line scored. Kubelik and Oscar Sundquist scored. Their line scored. Dylan Larkin and Lucas Raymond scored, and then Jonathan Bergen scored. So yep. all four offensive lines scored, and then you had goals uh, from Jake Wallman and four. Like it was just that was the really strong part of this game is the offense came from everywhere on the ice, and we talked great. about it. Four goals in the last three games, seven goals tonight. That's fantastic to see. It is, yeah, and, and I think – I mean, it started with just how amazing the pairing of Wallman and Sider continues to be defensively, offensively rather, <laughs> said the complete opposite thing I was thinking. Uh, that, that, that pairing continues to be, to be phenomenal offensively. And look, like, I mean, I guess we should probably talk about the defense more as a whole later, so we'll start with the offense. But, <laughs> mm. like – I mean, truly, Wallman is continues to just impress more and more and more when it comes to offensive production. And even when he's not putting up, you know, points or anything, it's it's just a, a eye test, advanced numbers like we talk about, just all around. Like he is such a positive asset offensively on a pretty consistent basis at this point, and meshes with Sider so well that yeah, I mean, it's 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 really really honestly just like fun like it's a fun it's fun to see it's a fun pairing and i I have a hard time believing they're going to revert back to how it was pre pairing defensive pairing shakeup. i I think that this is probably the pairing for uh i mean dare i say the rest of the season no i mean i said it in yesterday's episode real quick uh because we had to move on but 
you know, as a pair, Wallman and Sider had a Corsi four percentage of 65, while Sider and Sherat had a Corsi four percentage of 45. Now, granted, that's only at yeah. that point 75 minutes of ice time together. So it's not a large sample size. I expect that to come back down to earth a little bit. And, you know, in this game, nobody had a good Corsi four percentage. This is definitely a game where you have to look at the relative percentage. You know, so basing how the players played versus their teammates rather than against the other team because the Red Wings got caved in on shooting attempts. Um, but they were both positive assets on the ice. Uh, at Corsi 4 relative, Moritz Sider at 8.55, Jake Wolman at 2.85. And I believe when you go to uh, expected goals 4, so you weight those, uh, they were both positive assets as well. Moritz Sider with a 24.68 expected goals 4 relative. And uh, Jake Wolman with a... 3.93. So Moritz Sider had an even better game when you weight the shot attempts that he had um, from where they were on the ice. And it showed, I mean, he had four assists in this game. He heard, he heard the haters online saying that, that, that stupid graphic. And listen, I'm not going to sit here and say Moritz Sider is the same Moritz Sider we've seen last year. I think there's a little bit of a sophomore slump going on, but I definitely also think that there's the Sherratt factor. I don't think they were a good pair with one another. And there's that graphic going around, and this is not a shot at Dom whatsoever because Dom's graphics are cool. They're very well-researched. But I don't like the comparison of him, of him and Jack Hughes. I know they're the same draft class, but they're very different. Well, I mean, one's literally a center. One's a defenseman. And I think that's the point. Like, would you rather have the stay-at-home defenseman or would you have the goal scorer? But Jack Hughes has four seasons in the NHL. He's on his fourth season. Sider's on his second. So I don't like that comparison. And it started this whole discourse and again, this isn't at Dom whatsoever. His stuff's really good. I just don't like that comparison. But it started this whole discourse online about whether or not, you know, Moritz Sider's regressing. And so I like, I wanted to throw up the fact that with Wallman, he's returning to form. And this game furthered that four points in this game. And he and Wallman continue to have chemistry. Wallman scored the first goal again for the Red Wings on a fantastic play at the blue line and a nice shot from in the high slot. Like, their line just a meshes a lot nice better. Shots too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, their line just meshes, meshes, meshes so much better. <laughs> I was struggling to say it. <laughs> Clearly, no, I completely agree though. That and the cool thing about that pairing is it's a it, it's a pairing that can be somewhat versatile and like it doesn't have to be on the ice necessarily with the top line forwards. They they can kind of mix and match it, and it's still effective. Absolutely. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue this conversation. Uh, we got some more good things to get to, but then we have plenty of bad things. And Derek Lalonde agrees if you look at his uh, post-game press conference. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Segment two, Locked on Red Wings podcast. Uh, yeah, Red Wings won 7-5. to five, Broke their three-game losing streak. Broke the Winnipeg Jets' five-game winning streak. The Red Wings were due. They... I'm not going to say they deserve the win, deserved to win. I don't know if they necessarily earned the win. That sounds such a negative name. I hate the fact that I'm saying that, but the Red Wings, let's face it, kind of got caved in in this game. Um, they were just able to outscore their problems. 
And that's what they did. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, look, I, you know, we don't get to have it both ways. Like we had talked about how the offense has been prolifically not capitalizing and like yeah. not been able to outscore their problems and how the offense has been terrible. And we just put up seven on arguably the, the leader for Vesna. Like, I, I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, he, Olmark and uh, Sorkin are going to be right. Like those are your top three this year. Yeah. So I, I it's, 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 it's weird. <laughs> I don't think anyone expected to be here, but, but we'll gladly take it. You know, <laughs> a, a dub's a dub at the end of the day, first and foremost, but uh, it, it's also important to, to just like when we were talking about what we, how we thought the game was going to be played, obviously already talked about how, how none of that came true, but mm. uh, just looking at the last four or five games and how little offense there's been, it's, it's, it's nice to at least, it's just nice to win some, you know, it's nice to win one every once in a while. Yeah. That's, that's basically what it comes down to is it's just, it's just nice to win one. Every once in a while. I mean, we, we talk about it. By the way. It is. Yeah. And we talk about it. The You you mentioned it there. We can't have it both ways. Uh, and it's great to see the offensive explosion and the team capitalizing on opportunities when they happen. You know, Robbie Fabry got another goal. Fantastic tip on a shot from the point. And who got that assist? Gustav Lindstrom. That was a shot from Gustav Lindstrom. Yeah. Um, Joe Valeno got the secondary on that. Fantastic redirection. Capitalizing on chances. Uh, Dylan Larkin's goal, five on three. We talk up so much about how the special team sucks. Such a beauty. And that was a great, and it was honestly, like you said it in the, when we were talking pregame or pregame, pre-show, that it was kind of a, a chaotic power play up until that point. But then Mort Sider got the puck at the blue line and slowed it down. And, and it, it was honestly, it had started before that, that the shot and, and the pass into the slot too. Like that was a, a moment where, the puck had almost escaped the zone like two, maybe even three times. Yeah. Insider just continuously saved it right before, right before, right before. And then on the final one, I mean, he, or maybe it was the second to last, maybe it was the the possession. It's all one possession, but the, the set before they scored, uh, he even just went up into the slot himself because they were just defending the pass so heavily. And he was like, screw it. If you're just going to give me the slot, I'll just rip one. And, uh, you know, it was rebounded and brought back around and whatever. And then it led to a goal. But, uh, I mean, just all in all, really, really impressive power play possession as a whole. I mean, it was chaotic, but uh, I know it's five on three. And, like, the expectation is to score on five on three. But, like, again, we, we've been talking about so much how the special teams has just been struggling. I, I don't even care. Like, I, <laughs> uh, I'm glad they did, right? That's the expectation. They did it. So, uh, well, and, that we're not talking about how the power play stunk again and how we couldn't even convert on a five on three. And that's well, in large part due to cider. Like the timing of that goal was huge too. I mean, you were up three to nothing, three to one in the first scored another goal early in the second to go up four to one. You let them score back to back goals. Sam Gagne got one of those goals. I uh, love to see gags yeah. back here. Um, but yeah, now nice it's a video, little ovation. He played two seasons here and got a, a welcome back video. That's how much this organization loved Sam Gagne. I love that man. Uh, I knew he didn't he fit, but game. this is why I'm not a general manager because I absolutely would have resigned him. I love him so much. <laughs> it's why I'm not a GM. Brian Steve is in dead last, but he likes all of his players. <laughs> I, I would have been Ken Holland. Like, remember when he resigned Dan Cleary? I vividly I yes, I remember where I was when I found out he resigned Dan Cleary. Yes. I mean, I would have been Ken Holland. Uh, I, I understand him. 
which is why I would have been a bad general manager. Anyways, the timing of that Dylan Larkin power play goal, it was crucial because they, at this point, the Winnipeg Jets had completely taken over even strength play. They were just hammering you, hammering, hammering you. And third segment three, we'll talk about how you look lost in the defensive zone again. And that continues to be a huge problem, but you get a power play. Then they take another dumb penalty to go make you go on a five on three. You need a goal here to extend your lead to five on three, five to three. And then, Hopefully, of course, they allowed a goal in the first 30 seconds of the third period. Carry that momentum into period three. The timing of that goal, like everything was looking like the Red Wings were going to blow this game. But that goal gave them breathing room going into the second intermission. And they were able to continue to do in the third period. It was they score, we respond. They goal score, we respond. You win 7-5. That goal couldn't have come at a better time. And Mort Sider gets so much credit for that goal because of the fact, obviously Dylan Larkin finished it. And it was a nice shot. But Mort Sider, like you said earlier, he just skated into the slot and took the shocks. They're giving him so much space. He did that on this and it was deceptive because he had already taken that shot. He skated into the zone, drew the defender to him to block the shot, freeing up the passing lane to Dylan Larkin. And he no look past the Dylan Larkin who just ripped it home. Like it's such a little thing that he does, but like that was int- incredibly intentional. He, that you can tell the wheels were turning where he goes, I'm going to skate this in to the high slot to draw the defender away from D boss and give him the pass. Little things like it that. Was is such what a beauty these, too. Yeah. Little things like that's going to like what makes Mort Sider special. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that, that also, I mean, the shot by Larkin, yeah. man. Easy. Kubelik got a goal too. Oscar Sunquist got a goal. Um, Sunquist had two points. Cop had two points. Raymond had two points. I mean, yeah, let's can we, do, can we talk about Cop? Yeah, go for it. I mean, I, I thought he looked great, and he was easily one of the best players on the ice in the first period. Um, I, I think that slowly kind of trailed off just because of how poor the five-on-five play was. But I, I did think that he looked pretty solid offensively, and I know that a lot of people have – uh, I don't want to say he's controversial necessarily, but there's always some arguments happening about cop and his value and how much we're paying him and uh, how, how what his productions had and, and whatnot. So uh, to, to see him go out there and look really good offensively was definitely a plus. And honestly, that's something that uh, this isn't like the first game either. I, I just, that's why I want to talk about him specifically because uh, over the weekend, I don't think really anybody looked good, but if you remove the weekend, <laughs> two or three games before last weekend, plus tonight, I, I think he's looked pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, he, he ended up with a, just on the positive end of the Corsi four relative to his teammates. And that's because just like the entire team, strong first period completely fall off, yeah. but you know, he was at the end, still a positive impact relative to his teammates. Um, there was no one on this team that was a positive impact, Corsi wise, or expected goals for besides Gustav Lindstrom and Tyler Bertuzzi. I don't know how Lindstrom ended up being like it's just it's weird. He's one of those guys like you're not really paying attention to on the ice, and then there he is. Hasn't had a great season, but Boom. according to the advanced analytics, he had a good game. Good for Gustav Lindstrom. Hopefully, this starts a starts a heater for him. But yeah, I mean, I liked Cop in the first period, especially. I mean that. What was it? The goal to Sunquist? Whose goal was he? he I have no. It wasn't the Sunquist one. Janssen Bergen's goal. Yeah, bro, yeah, was, it was Bergen. It was yeah. that no look behind the back pass from behind the net yes. where Bergen was breaking back door. It just found its way through. It was a great pass. Janssen Bergen another goal. Also I mean, Bergen. Just I mean seventh goal of the season. 
Man, for yeah, beautiful shot for sure. But I, I mean, he's he's just one of those dudes that even when he's not like filling the back of the net, like you notice him on the ice always. Like he he really stand. He's one of those players where he he doesn't blend in. Like he he doesn't just float out there, man. Like you you see him and you notice him anytime he's on the ice. It's exciting. Yeah, I mean, he's got 14 points in 25 games played so far this season, which is pretty good, pretty strong numbers for a rookie. I mean, yeah. he's not Lucas Raymond last year. Like, Lucas Raymond came in and lit it up, but Lucas Raymond also started immediately on the top line. Not saying Bergen would have the same numbers Raymond did, um, but those are strong numbers. That's over a half point per game for a rookie. And his shooting percentage, this is the crazy part, his shooting percentage is 15.8. That's a really strong Let shooting Let it fly, percentage. baby. Rip it some more. Well, it's because... His goals happen not because he shoots the puck a lot, but because he gets himself into a yeah, spot. Positioning a, and skating is yeah. just, yeah. He puts himself in a spot where his opportunities are high danger. And so he scores on a lot of his shots. That's why his shooting percentage For is sure. 15, nearly 16%. I mean, that's an elite level shooting percentage. For so, sure. I mean, love it. <laughs> I love, love it. Giannis and Bergeron. Of course. Uh, let's see. Anyone else you want to give props to before we move on to we talked about the fun part and we got to talk I about mean Larkin like we should you know not just kind of blow past that yeah um, there's so much with this game yeah there really is um I think that's probably it yeah I think that's it we can get into the the not great oh Raymond had three points in this I thought I only had two a goal and two assists. he had the empty nutter yeah yeah that's right man <sighs> Good stuff. All right. When we come back in segment three, we'll talk about the ugly. We talked about the good. We talked about the bad a little bit. And we're going to talk about the ugly in segment three. <laughs> and I'm not talking about Scotty. So stay Whoa! tuned. Watch on Red Wings. <laughs> segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. No, was, I, honestly, I, I respect the heck out of it. I, I really know it do. was a low blow. I went there. It was a low blow. No, honestly, look, I, you know. It's it's it, I need to I need to be humbled sometimes. I can't just keep getting away with the the ball jokes with no repercussions. Yeah. There we you gotta, go. You yeah, gotta you right. gotta rebuttal every once in a while. Keep me on my toes. So Derek Lalone in his post game press conference said this was the worst game the Red Wings played all season, <laughs> despite the fact that they won seven to five. They scored seven <laughs> goals in a victory, and he got up there and immediately was like, "This was the worst game of the season." <laughs> but. I understand where he's coming from. Yeah, I, don't, okay. got, I, I actually don't agree with him. because teeth kicked in on even yeah. strength, like well, legitimately. They, they allowed another power play goal as well, which doesn't help that number. You scored, almost yeah. scored two. I mean, the I time actually clock was thought, one, but. Yeah, the, the penalty kill was weird. I, I actually thought the penalty kill didn't look bad. Like, uh, you know, the, the goal against obviously wasn't great, but I, as a whole throughout the entire game, I didn't think the PK was necessarily a, a – a, bad unit they had a couple of clutch moments there but yeah regardless i mean there was certainly this was not a seven to five i don't think there's too many like really pretty seven to five victories in, in the history of hockey to be honest no and it, it was was and i talked about it at the top of the show i mean when you look at shot attempt percentage shot percentage high danger shot percentage like quality shot percentage i mean everything is heavily leaning towards the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, we talk when we talk about these numbers, we mentioned, oh my God, I got to pull up the heat map. I just looked at it. Uh, oh, goodness. <laughs> it's, it's, ooh. Um, but, you know, you talk about how you want to be 50% or above. And like the more above 50%, 
the better. And if you had a game where you had 55% share, that means you had a dominant performance. And the Red Wings had a couple of those and just weren't resulted, weren't rewarded on the score sheet. Uh, well, the Winnipeg Jets had a 67% share of the shot attempts at even strength, a 65% share of just the shots on net at even strength. High danger was 66%, scoring chances, 66%, and at quality shot attempts, 69%. Like, it wasn't like you didn't just they didn't dominate the Red Wings. They caved the Red Wings in. Yeah. They put the Red, Red Wings teeth on the curb and then stomped on their head. <laughs> Goodness. That's how bad it was. But the Red Wings. I, I'm, I'm with you. Because it, it was the I, I agree. I understand where Lalone's coming from. I don't agree that it's the worst performance they've had all season because they inevitably won. But defensively by far was their worst performance I've seen probably this season because in the defensive zone, it was just, they were basically playing the box at all times. They were playing chase. Uh, the jets were playing yeah. keep away. It was the jets were just circling the Red Wings defensive zone nonstop. And the Red Wings couldn't get the puck off their stick. And then they were getting shot after shot after shot. You know, I never felt when they scored that first goal, when the Red Wings went up three, nothing, and the Winnipeg Jets scored a goal to go three to one. I was like, oh, this is bad. Like I could start to see the momentum swing and they carried that. But the Red Wings could just, the Red Wings were just good enough to keep extending that lead every time the Jets pulled within one. Yeah. Well, yes. Like you said, they very much just continued to out, outscore their problems. And the problems were significant on the defensive end. I mean, that's just how the, the, not only the flow of the game went, but just the entire 60. I mean, there, it wasn't, we've talked about games in the past and been like, Oh, like there was some good moments. There were some bad moments or, Oh, like this, you know, they really got it together and looked really strong for one period and just couldn't hold it on for 60. Like, no, this was a game where pretty much for the entire 60 minutes, the defensive uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? The performance <laughs> was just not good. And I mean, golly, that that should come with a warning. You <laughs> shouldn't SFW. be able to look at this heat map without without a, a, a parental advisory sticker on it. And this is all situations. So this includes power plays and penalty kills. But it's just so every single time you look at one of these maps on natural stat trick after a game, you notice the attempts at the bottom will always be a little bit different in the numbers. It'll be based on how many shots were taken in this game and where they were at. So the high end of the spectrum in this game, so the darkest part of the map, is 5.8 or more attempts. And you'll notice that dark blue is right out in front of the Red Wings net. So that means in the Red Wings slot, the Winnipeg Jets had five-plus attempts three of which, four of which, if you include the one that happens in the circle, resulted in a goal. And then if you look at the rest of the map, the, Red, the Winnipeg Jets were shooting the puck from everywhere on the on the map. Incredible. I mean, obviously, you look at the Red Wings, and they're, they're not nearly as many opportunities. They only had 22 shots in this game. 23, actually, I think, was the final total. And they ended up with seven goals, one of which being an empty netter. So you, you, you see that, and you're like, oh, that's good. But you just look at how – this is why I made that – really dark analogy about putting you know the curb stop <laughs> because look at this five point five plus attempts inside your own slot area and just everywhere like then almost the entire defensive zone is 
full of shot attempts. That's a cave-in, guys. Yeah, it is. Well, I mean, look at <laughs> usually when we pull up these heat maps, like the the dark blue, you know, like opponent where they're getting all their shots up from is usually either just like right in front of the net or, you know, on a bad defensive game, which we've had plenty of. Maybe it'll go to to the high, the low slot or even the high slot. And it, this is like, I, I mean, that's terrifying. That's like. Yeah. That that was that was one of the biggest dark blue circles in a heat map. I, well, I've, also I've seen. the max attempts part would be like three, not five. Right. It's just that that's rough. I'm actually really curious now. Like, I'm gonna look at hockey. I haven't done hockey stat cards. I think all season. I think that's what it's called. Um. Here we go. I'm really curious to see what the Red Wings hockey stat card looks like. So I'm having a feeling it's gonna be. Like all the offense on the right side, and then all the defense on the left side is zero. <laughs> right. Like it's just going to be really rough. This is the uh, impact cards. That's what I want. Here we go. It really was though. I mean, while just while you find it, and like this was a, a defense. It, it was just. It was so ridiculous because yeah wow there you go it was just it was so ridiculous because it, it it wasn't even like the normal oh like it's it's only on the rush or whatever like they had some sets they had some successful like possessions it, it was just I, I don't even know one of those things that you had to see to like understand like that, that was just preposterous and defensively like you kind of alluded to earlier it was not just a, a bad performance per se i mean it was legitimately like didn't look like they knew what like how to defend possessions like at times and then that's you know followed up with uh, a nice offensive possession and and a goal like it was just a, a very much a roller coaster of emotions i mean yeah that's i mean and and we didn't even talk about ben Chirac because we just didn't want to pile on he had the worst Corsi four and Corsi four relative on the team. And it was a solid, like negative 25. And you can see here on the game score card, which is a compilation of natural stat trick data game scored from Dom. And uh, obviously the stat card from hockey stat cards, a whole compilation. And it's just, man, that's rough. Um, but you can see cider was the second best defense was a downside for cider on this game. Offense and production was obviously a huge plus Raymond. Huge plus, Sonny. Wallman actually is a little bit down here. He breaks out a little, pretty much even between the offense and the defense. But what a game. I, I don't know what else to say besides what a game. I mean, defensively horrid, offensively a blast. Just an absolute gun show going on. It was fun LTA. to watch. I'll was, tell you that. It was fun, but it was also like really stressful. scary. Yeah, stressful. Stressful like, but fun. That's my motto. Like, but I'm at a loss. I I've run out of things, man. I, I think that's everything game, we wanted to cover. Yeah, this game. Who so? Crazy. I mean, not definitely not a, a great game, but also had some pretty timely, like good saves. Yeah, but I mean, like I said, his goal saved above expected, and this was negative point nine five. He let yeah. in one soft goal, I thought, which is probably what accounts for the negative point nine five. Other than that, I mean, when I wasn't really on him, he got he got he faced thirty seven shots in this game. Yeah. So he gave you an opportunity to win, and you did. So that's all you can ask. 
And hopefully Nedeljkovic can come back up and give him a little bit of relief because Nedeljkovic has been killing it in Grand Rapids uh, so far. But Absolutely. Oh, also, I saw on the Valley Sports broadcast that Ian faced a setback and is now week to week, so it might take a little bit longer for him to come back. But, you know, this further kicks the can down the road of the... Uh, the inevitable that soon will be. Yeah. But for all we know, he could be the one who gets sent down. I don't know. He could yeah, be a really... A if, if he makes the waivers, and we, this could be a good conversation for tomorrow... Uh, but if he makes waivers, I think he gets picked up. I think he gets picked I, up yeah, probably with a stronger chance than Verona would just because of his contract and a rebuilding team could look at him as like reclamation project with the Red Wings did with Robbie Fabry. I agree. So that's, that could be a really good conversation for tomorrow. Um, but yeah, we'll be back. Any final thoughts? Can I always get that in there? We ball. We ball. All right. We will be back tomorrow with a game preview, and then maybe that Philip Zanina conversation, maybe that Red Savage conversation we keep teasing. Well, it'll be something. Uh, so stay tuned. And it'll be great. To Lockdown Red Wings, same time, same place. Same Bet teams. online. Every day. Every day.